0: The following podcast is a Vasilis Scarlia's production. Hello, everyone. I'm Saloni, and I'm Vasilis. We run Change a student-run initiative that aims to empower, educate, and connect Gen Zers interested in entrepreneurship.
1: We interview teenagers with impactful projects and create resources to help you change the world. If they can do it, so can you.
0: On this podcast, we discuss the logistics of creating different types of projects with Gen Zers who have already done it. We will leave our social media and website information in the description. Hello everyone, we are here today with the Bike brothers Asher and Joey, the founders of the Debate Without Debate podcast. The podcast goal is to create depolarization through conversation and educate Gen Z about a variety of issues they have interviewed great names like Gary V, Max ressinger and new Paul Kiaslow The podcast is amazing I feel enlightened every time I listen to it so we are so excited to use insights from this conversation to improve our very own podcast Welcome guys thank you so much for joining us today
2: Wow what a what a nice intro you did such a succinct job of uh encapsulating what we've tried to start so i i appreciate the introduction i feel famous (laughs) (laughs) well we're very excited to be here uh after the interview we did with y'all on your site uh and really excited that you started a podcast because it's a great way to to just integrate everything that you've started already on the blog
0: yeah that leads me straight to my next question so tell us a little bit more about your journey with podcasting like how did it all begin
3: all right uh i guess i'll start off on uh, on this sort of question um the path to being becoming a podcaster was not really directed in a sense my brother and i were we both had you know we we were very active in our speech and debate club in high school and um we found that that community didn't breed the types of conversations which we wanted to have you know breaking past The sanctioned affirmative or negative to have real conversations breaking past you know um, what the system provided to us we wanted to get to the core of issues and actually find a solution in the real world as opposed to finding a solution in a classroom or in a debate setting Um, and we found that maybe publicizing our message on the internet would be a good way of interacting with the community and building a community of like-minded people and so at first we were thinking you know, let's start a YouTube. And then I'm like, Oh no, that's a bit ubiquitous. You know, everybody has a YouTube channel and we have a YouTube channel as well, but that's not our um, main claim to fame, so to say. Um, And we kind of stumbled upon podcasting as a way to get other people involved in a conversation because that's really the core of what podcasting is for us is publicizing conversations, no script, no, no true narrative, just giving raw, true responses and and interactions to the public so that they can feel involved and maybe gain some insight from what we're we're talking about. So it it took a long way to get to podcasting. It was kind of like a how do I even put it?
2: It wasn't. We we kind of fell into it yeah, pretty we fell, much. Exactly. That's what but the the color I'll add in here is when we would travel to competitions as debaters in high school. We had a really lucky opportunity to do national competitions. And what that provided with us is we got to interact with people of a variety of different backgrounds, aside from just our local community or our county where we would debate locally. And what that provided is just this bigger vision of what we noticed as a microcosm in the activity that we had loved that started to corrode it was happening not just in the activity, but it was just a microcosm for what was happening around the world. On our news, you see division. In our politics, you see division. In our culture, you see division. So if the problem ends up becoming division is the thing that is basically killing these productive dialogues, despite, you know, differing ideas, our goal is never to enforce our opinion on other people. Like our job is not to be a propaganda force. If anything, we're just trying to push a message that we should empathize with people across boundaries, that we should have conversations despite differences. And that's where we came around to the idea of depolarization through conversation, uh, which is just a round it's, it's just a holistic understanding that the way we get beyond where we are right now to where we want to be where we're less polarized is through those conversations and uh, and and it's also worth noting that
3: um although you guys may have a question like this later on I'm, I'm kind of jumping the gun but um we started it off as sort of a podcast but our intentions are greater we want to consider ourselves as a media company a media yeah. startup though we do not want to be like uh, a typical media source or like one of the papers uh, where where the viewer or listener needs to discern what's right and wrong all the time. We say, screw that. Um, and instead we say, let's introspect, let's analyze as opposed to let's determine what's real or fake. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that's really interesting because I actually ended up quitting speech and debate for the exact same reasons you kind of saw like those flaws in. So that's, yeah.
1: And also we were thinking to transform changemakers to a media organization. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to be a little more interested to find out other ways to promote content, to find new resources. And yeah, so this is how our our website created, the podcast was created. And also other different services are coming out in the next uh, months, like um, a page where we can uh, have only... Um promotions about uh, products or reviews that they don't have to do only with uh, entrepreneurship, but it's a more general page and more open to the general public view.
2: Yeah, I think that's great, and I I think what you're saying here is so spot on in the way you're transitioning as well, because when we when Joey and I have had conversations over the last few months, we've taken a little bit of a hiatus from doing interviews and took a real step back. Most of this coincided with the fact that Joey's applying to schools. uh, So he had to deal a lot with that. So took a little break, but we were able to really reflect on like, how much more could this be? Right. And taking that one step back in amidst all the craziness that's going on and really reflecting on that fact has made us realize that, you know, it's not just a show, right? It's, it can be you know, making exclusive videos for YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, whatever it may be on the media front. But it goes far beyond that, right? Like there's policy implications to what we're talking about. There's business implications to what we're talking about. It's part of the reason why we have the guests on on our show. And I'm sure that's the same reason why you have the type of guests on your show is these are the people that we think are the forces that we should be watching out for that will change the way that we operate. And we want to be a part of that. Like we fundamentally want to be a part of the change that will be the bridge between the division now to hopefully less division later.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is exactly what we were thinking when we, yeah, we sit down and we were thinking, what about our upcoming episodes? Who we could interview and about what? Mm -hmm. And instead of doing only interviews, we wanted a more deeper discussion and, uh, your example with uh, your podcast, which was a great inspiration for us, I think that it was the the greatest choice. So Appreciate let it. me ask you something: Do you think that quality or quantity is more important in the podcasting game? Mm.
2: This is a question that we go back and forth on all the time. Want me to hop in? I'm I'm gonna jump in on it first, and then I want you to add some, Joe. All right, yeah, sure. This is this is where I can come in on the issue. There's a very famous podcaster named Ira Glass. He created This American Life. He's a massive inspiration to me and has been a massive inspiration for a lot of journalists. The way he comes at this issue is the same way that I do. Quality will be bred by quantity. If you put in the work in my personal perspective, and every single week, like This American Life does, like a lot of other podcasts, like NPR does, whatever you can really look at in terms of established media, What they are able to do is on a weekly basis, twice a week, three times a week at times, they're creating incredible documentaries. The only way that they get there, though, is by getting past the 100 episode mark, right? Like, If you think about the podcast that you listen to right now, they're probably not in the early days, right? And I'm sure that's probably the same case with what you're starting right now. When you start off, there's not a ton of people, but if you can find that core audience, it'll grow. Nevertheless, how do you get to that growth point? We're not there yet, quite obviously, right? We need to take it to such a more broad spectrum in, in terms of appeal. But the only way that we've realized how to do that is we take just a sunk cost approach to the way that we look at our podcasts. Let's get to 100 and then talk, right? Let's get the initial reps in. We've, we've done 55 reps at this point. We've got 55 episodes released. We're still trash, we're not, like, as bad as we were before, but we're still, compared to where we want to be, trash. And I think that's important for all of us to realize. It's not a bad thing to be bad in the beginning. And I think there's a lot of problems with people who they're afraid of being bad in the beginning. And we're not, like, that bad. I know I say trash, I think, but that's, for, that's trash. for dramatic effect, we're not, right? We're not,
3: <laughs> we're, not, we're not nearly at the place where we want to yeah. be yet. And we're, we're content with that, but we're still striving for more. I think that, you know... I was watching a YouTuber by the name of, I think his name was Ryan ng or something mm-hmm. like that. And within the span of three days, I saw him go from a thousand subscribers to 55,000 subscribers while rarely, ha- like barely has any, any videos on his, on his channel, but they were just such good quality pieces of content. And that's what drove the algorithm forward for him and got him those extra uh thousands of of followers. And I, I don't think that especially in terms of like making content or making things that are intriguing, it's important to note the goal shouldn't be how much content can I push out. Mm-hmm. Because if your goals are on numerics, if you're saying how can I get a thousand more people to listen to my my episode, you will never get a thousand people. It'll it'll seem almost ingenuine. You'll have you'll have no real truth to your narrative because people can see through it. That's why I think the beauty the beauty of new creators is that it's, it's almost like play. It's for fun. It's almost like kids going on a playground. You want to do it because you want to do it. And I think that's what has the most holistic, true, manageable, and like something which you can actually preserve for a long time. That sort of growth, you can't beat that by, by a board of executives saying, how can we get five more episodes out this week. That's just, yeah. I mean, I don't want to listen to that episode. I don't want to listen to that podcast. You know what I mean? Um, but, but to some extent you do need to put in the reps. So like that basic rule, like the 10,000 hour rule or something like that, mm-hmm. you need to experiment. You need to be bad for a significant portion of time until you're good. And you can't skip the steps.
2: That approach, I think also leads us to a point where if you really want to tackle something like a podcast, and this is a recommendation that I give to, to most people when, I, when they ask whether or not they should. I talk to them and ask them, like, do you want to be doing this for like 10 years, basically? And, and I don't literally mean 10 years, but I mean, are you willing to do it for more than one year, more than two years? Because when you start off, you're, not, you're just not gonna be good. And like, that's totally okay. There are plenty of people who started off terrible. Example, Joe Rogan, one of our personal inspirations for starting a podcast. Don't agree with him on everything. But he leads the way in terms of the type of style that we do, conversational, interview-based. His first episodes, if you go back and watch it, are literally shot on a potato. He has no mics. They are terrible audio quality. He has no conversational ability. And he's just like high or drunk the entire time. And he talks about it openly. He's like, they were bad. How many episodes is he at right now? Nearly like 1,400 plus, right? We're at 55. We're nowhere there yet. And, and we know that. And that's why I said, you know, we're still trash in comparison. I don't literally mean we're trash. If you'll take a listen to any of the stuff that we've created, I think it's decent. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, but there's still a long way to go. And that approach is most important when thinking about quality versus quantity.
0: Yeah, it's like that meme. I'm not trash, but I'm golden trash. But, you know, I don't Bird. think you guys are trash. You guys are amazing. Uh,
2: I appreciate so, it. Like, yeah. Why?
0: How would you put out that much content without feeling burnt out? Have you guys ever felt burnout?
3: Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> I mean, burnout is like, I, again, like you have to go through the failures to figure out where you can succeed. Like you're going to go through a period of time. And I think this happened for us and we're st- we're going to experience this in the future as well, where we get so fixated on this idea, this project, this piece of whatever we're doing. Um, Maybe it, it'll be for the podcast or for some other endeavor in life, but it's like, you get so fixated on it and you you're so fixed into your patterns that you don't find ways for to optimize it. Mm. And that's what I found for us, like editing through episodes is a labor intensive process recording, creating like we're two man show, you know, like we're two man band. And so sometimes it wears on you a little bit. We took uh, again, like a few months off um, because of my my college admissions process and stuff like that. And there's a lot of things happening in our own personal lives. Um, which kind of made it more difficult to record. But during those t- t- that time where we took a bit of hiatus, um, we figured out ways to optimize our setup, optimize the way in which our workflow works, optimize the way in which we think so that we don't experience burnout in the future. So you have to almost walk into it raw, experience the times where you screw up, where you're burnt out, where you're like, damn, I'm so tired. And I got five essays to write tonight. Yeah. You got to go through that. In order to actually say okay well what can i do differently there's no way to walk in and
2: do it perfect i think that's the general yeah i agree and and one thing i'll add to that for anyone who may be experiencing burnout or when they do experience burnout and they're listening to this the steps that joey and i have now approached to the way we do things is we just try and celebrate small wins like you know if we get a big guest on and we're really excited about it and we did great in the interview or even if we did poorly in the interview but we got the guest we just try to celebrate that we try and get excited about that and that keeps you re-engaged in the whole process podcasting creating online is a fun process it should be fun it should not feel like remarkably labor intensive it shouldn't feel like your schoolwork it shouldn't Mm. feel
3: like homework if it is then drop it like in all honesty or reanalyze to make it more fun but it should never be like oh my god I have to record this other episode. I freaking hate my life. Never, (laughs) never should be.
2: But again, back to that like sunk cost approach, you're going to have to put in those initial reps before you really realize how to optimize, right? Like if you're starting off and you're like, damn, this feels like homework. It is homework. Like you have to learn the technology. You have to learn what's, you know, what software to use. You have to learn how to interview. You have to practice, right? Like Joey and I will practice together, figure out the questions, do the appropriate research. Like that is homework. It's not that you shouldn't treat it like homework in the beginning, but if down the line you're like, hey, this still feels like homework, and I've done it for 100 episodes, then it's like, you know what, maybe you should try and do something a little bit different, or maybe honestly take a hard look and ask yourself, do I actually really want to continue? There's no problem with stopping something that doesn't feel like it's working. There's multiple ways to to get the same global impact. It could be through
3: podcasting, YouTube, writing books, blog posts. Or starting a business. Yeah, just doing something. I mean, yeah. There's multiple ways to do it.
1: As for me, I agree with you. And I think that the worst experience that we had was to edit our own voices while we were creating our very first episode. Uh, It was emotionally exhausting to do that. But we learn learn through this. We become better. And I think that this is the natural process. You said that you've been... You had a bit of haters from recording episodes. Why is this is the case?
3: I mean, I, would, I I think we're semi-fortunate to not really have, like, a crazy amount of haters. um, And I think that sort of boils down to the fact that depolarization is what both sides strive to do, whether you're... Poli- ideally, ideally. Ideally, like, <laughs> politi- people on the political left want to be able to sit at a table and, like, figure things out and i think people on the right too to some extent also want to do that it's a joint sort of moral objective um and i and i think sure there's like 10 percent or 5 percent of people who don't agree with our narrative but a lot of times like i feel like the hate is just people who are just trying to troll like they're not they're not really there to to be honest they're just there to get i don't know an extra like or an extra comment it doesn't really get to us because Luckily, the, the positive, knowing that we're doing something positive for the world and that we're getting people from Singapore, Thailand, the United States, Australia saying, Hey, I listened to your episode and it really made me think in a different way. That outshines. Be- that beats the guy who's in yeah. our YouTube comments like, Yo, why your hair look like that? You're, you're trash. Like, you know what I mean? That, that stuff just, it doesn't, that's superficial. The, the fact that I was able to impact one person or two people. Um, in maybe a completely different part of the world because of a recording which we uploaded with Cal Newport or Nepal Zolu That's cool to me.
2: Yeah, it's, and that's also how we approached when we first started off. Uh, we started recording with literally our iPhones and using the Voice Memos app, which we then realized was not the best way to really record, uh, but we still published that. Like, that still went out on, on the internet, and we said, you know, if, even if just our grandmother... Our mother is listening, that's still one person. And I think when it comes to creating online, the online has given us the ability to scale conversations that might happen between two individuals. Like, for example, we're talking with you two currently. That's two people that we get to distill our message to and our information to. But this episode then goes out to call it 100 people, 1,000 people. That's scale. Like, even if it's only 100 or 1,000, That's still more than the two people, four people that we have in this room right now. So it almost gives us a stage to speak on, even if it is small. Like, think about how many, you know, how many people would die for the opportunity to have a thousand people in an auditorium listening to them as they speak passionately about a subject. Those people aren't here right now, but they're here in spirit. And we have the intention of making sure that those people go and see it. And then the only other thing I'll add here in terms of the conversation about haters since we're still in that beginning phase, we're still, we're still trying to grow to a point of scale where we have mass, like a mass distribution, mass audience sort of level. When you start off, what I've realized is that for the most part, the people who are listening or watching really like your stuff. Like if they really don't like it, they're not going to tune in because you're still small. And so the people who keep coming back, those are your 100,000, hundred, 2,000 true fans. to to take from Kevin Kelly um, and his thousand true fans kind of argument of building a business. So when you're starting off, you're not ideally going to face that much criticism unless you're doing something super outlandish. In our case, we're not doing something super outlandish. And so with that in mind, we've received a ton of positive feedback. As a matter of fact, the first episode we ever released just with one of our, our dear friends, my best friends kid named Amon. that episode, not only is still one of our best performing, but, We received email after email, Facebook message, Instagram message. That was our first time we published anything. And those people, we knew some of them. Some people we didn't know. You know, we were doing some guerrilla marketing, putting it in Facebook groups, et cetera, et cetera. But people were reaching out. No, not a single person reached out and said, hey, this is garbage. Even though like we've gotten better since then. And we look back on it and we're like, wow, we could have done so much better. And in our heads, we were hella critical of ourselves. We were like, wow this wasn't as great as I thought, like we've had better conversations before. But to other people, the perception is entirely different. It goes back to the same perception that I have of the content I create right now. It can be very vastly even different from how other people approach it. And for the most part, people are lovers, people want to see good stuff in the world.
0: Yeah, and definitely definitely, like the impact definitely overpowers any of the negativity. So how do you feel about podcast advertisements do you think that takes away like the authenticity of your content
3: it depends on what stage you're at if you're like on your first episode and you're talking about sports and then your advertisements like buy this shampoo i'm like that's really out of pocket why would you yeah why would you want to do that you know like if you're gonna make advertisements and this is what asher and i have been speaking about a lot in our free time or just during during business meetings and stuff like that like who are our who are that brands which we would want To represent our image on our podcast what are brands which we would want to advertise us our ideal advertisement our ideal you know market um and and we've kind of came to the consensus we're not going to be doing advertisements with uh you know shampoo companies or body wash or stuff like that or like just things which don't really feed into the narrative of depolarization um i think that advertisements have its purpose because again like you got to put food on the table to some extent. Like, how can you supply an initiative without money? That's kind of like a driving force. You need that sort of stuff. Um, but I would say the longer that you can hold out, you
2: should. Yeah. Especially if you haven't garnered your, you know, thousand true fans and you haven't gotten to a point where people have the economic capacity to purchase stuff, right? Like, yeah. as as much as an ad will work, it's probably not as strong. And, and in my case, I think it dissuades the listener in the beginning to have advertisements, unless it's like unless you're already an established individual, right? Like if you're an influencer or you are you're an author and you're an established individual or a professor and you start a podcast and you're advertising from the jump, you're probably gonna be chill because like that's the intention setting out. They started off as a business. We started off as a hobby. If anyone else starting this out as a hobby wants to transition to a business, build the audience first. Then go to a position where you can start thinking about advertising because you don't want your listeners to be like, why the hell are they like, you know, advertising about Bitcoin or like gold or, you know, like weird things that sometimes you'll get weird hacky individuals sending you emails about and you'll get maybe five bucks from. Um, That's not the best way to go about it. And you want to make sure ideally in advertising that there is that match.
3: I think you also have to think about what the viewer or listener is thinking about when i'm watching a youtube video or listening to a podcast and they have an ad like i i'm sorry but like 95% of people are not going to sit through that ad mm-hmm. i'm not i'll matter of fact i'll probably click off the video if the ad is longer than a minute because i'll just be pissed um so you got to think about that like think think like this is what Asher told me when i was taking tests in school a lot of times like think like the test maker not the test taker think like uh, no think like the test no test like yeah but if you (laughs) you got it right the first time if you reverse (laughs) that if you think like the test taker if if you're if you're the creator of the test and if you start thinking about the test taker you'll be able to create better questions you'll be able to create things which are more enticing for the person who's actually interacting with your product now it's a bit confusing but don't if if you think it's going to bore you don't make other people be bored by it Mm.
0: Yeah, we currently do the ARFM advertisements because we have a lot of website domain costs and things to cover. So we also agree with your point of view as well. So we're gonna have a little break and we will come back to you shortly. So do you guys have any other projects that you are currently working on?
2: Ooh, what a great question. Um I think the answer to that is yes. Uh, not all of them are really like set in stone like
3: not we a haven- lot of them we can also we, we don't we can't like we haven't fleshed out a hundred percent of them there's a lot of things in the works that are almost like auxiliary to to the podcast and building it out as a media company but i think that we're going to keep a lot of that uh in store you know I, I, mean? will,
2: I will say on a personal level joey and i have both been undertaking just more creative ventures for myself Uh, This entire year, I'm trying to do one new creative task for each month. So this month, I've been writing for an hour every day on Medium, um, which you can go check that out if you'd like at Asher Bykov uh, on Medium, uh, which is just my name, which has been really uh, just a good thing to do because I'm flexing a different muscle in my brain, trying something out that's new that I was interested in. And it makes me feel good again. It makes me feel like a beginner, just like we did when we were starting the podcast, uh, so I know I've been doing that. I've been trying to make some videos. On top of that, I think Joey's also trying to do that on his own. Yep. Um, and then freelance work to some extent to try and just get you know a payday instead of doing advertising because our you know our personal model or the way that we subscribe to this is not to advertise until we build up to a point where we think it's it's worth our audience's attention to do advertising. We could do freelance work with the skills that we have garnered, and so that's something I'm undertaking to just put some more money in the pocket to reinvest into what we've started Um, and then just yeah definitely building out the vision of what the debate without debate podcast will look like a rebrand is coming uh, to what this all looks like to give it a bit of a facelift make it a little more aesthetically pleasing and situate it in terms of you know a five two to five year business plan of sorts and other businesses that can come as an offshoot
0: yeah I also have like a lot of ideas but I feel like sometimes school kind of takes over my life and it's pretty bad like do you guys have any like specific strategies that you use to balance like your creative work and your obligations
3: uh I think we have to understand that like obligations are just some things that you have to have in your life like no nobody likes sitting in class and like reading textbooks and especially people who are creatively driven like i guess all four of us it's difficult it's definitely difficult but in terms of balance i think the one thing which has helped me out is sort of scheduling and creating an initiative of the day saying if i don't get to this like i get get to these basic three four tasks and i'll be fulfilled um i don't really think that balance is is maybe kind of like a bummer, but balance is not really accessible a lot of times. Like, there's there's going to be periods where you go hyper drive on, on school, and there's going to be periods of time where you're just going all in on podcasting. And that's okay. I don't think that balance is 100% needed all the time. Like, sometimes you need to be a specialist for a little bit because that's where you build your skill. Over the summer, Asher and I created podcasts like every single weekend. We recorded probably three times per week. We were going all out. Yep. And that was our specialty phase. Now, going forward, obviously, we have other obligations. Um, but, yeah, we, are, oh, yeah. We, we have other obligations. But it's okay
2: because we've built up that skill over that specialty period. I'll add on my side, I think there's a, a unique situation that happens once you get into college as well. If you do yeah. end up going to college um where for myself what I've noticed is just like Joey was saying I have times where I am only focused on my academic work uh a lot of times that is the thing that consumes my entire life and when I was younger before we started this show which we started this show in my senior year so right around the time that y'all all are are at right now before that time I didn't consider myself creative whatsoever like if you said Asher wow you're so creative I'd be like you're capping like that that doesn't describe I would not use that word to describe me. I was very traditional. Uh, I did the clubs in school that were you know accepted for high acceptances into colleges. I did really well in school. I enjoyed the work that I was doing. I had good relationships with friends, family, teachers. But when I broke out of that, I came into this scenario where I did it at a kind of lucky situation or a lucky point in my life where uh, i I was in the second half of my senior year, so I was given the opportunity to double down on the things that I was interested in. And this happened to be one of those things. I also started reading a ton. So there will be periods in your life where you can be incredibly creative. There will be periods where you can't totally be creative. I know over the last month for myself, since I've had an extended break, I've just been pedaling to the metal on creative work because that's what I'm interested in and that's consumed my life. I know in about two weeks when I go back to school, school will probably consume my life for a little bit. So it's it's about a balance in the grand scheme of things. In the short term, unfortunately, not everything can be balanced, but if you genuinely care about a creative task or activity or a show that you're creating, you're going to come back to it at some point. And the skills that you've developed over that time don't just go away. You know, you might have to dust off a little bit of the, of the, you know, the, the, the aspects that you've forgotten, but you're still going to remember most of it.
1: Yeah, definitely. In terms of balancing, it's not always possible to keep everything in track. And yeah, for us being also in, uh, being also seniors, we have so other things to do. We are running Changemaker Z, we have uh, the interviews, the podcast, tests, SATs. But I think that we need to be optimistic in a point of view. We need to be optimistic in order to, to make a, a very general plan, and to see if we can achieve uh, some of our goals. And if we don't, that's fine. Definitely. So do you think podcasting is like new blogging?
2: That's a great question. Uh, I think, so podcasting has been around ever since Steve Jobs initiated, gave a pretty big speech uh, at an Apple conference before he died, rest in peace. Um, I think it's been around for 10 plus years now. Blogging obviously has been around for longer since the beginning of the internet. I don't think it's a new form of blogging because the distinction I've seen in my own experience with writing is there's almost more credence given to podcasters when they're speaking about subjects because you can hear their narrative voice, right? When we're speaking right now, you can hear our voice. Whereas if I'm writing something, you don't know who I am. You haven't seen my face. You haven't heard my voice. You don't know my story per se. And it's, an, it's a writer's job to instill that in their writing, but not every writer can. But I do think when people are speaking, you can get a better sense of that. So in some ways, it's an elevated form of blogging for some people. For others, it's entirely different because it's, it, it flows way better or more naturally. Uh, but there is crossover. I know a lot of bloggers that I've tapped into in the past are also podcasters. And I have done the reverse of that. I was originally a podcaster and now I'm moving into blogging because I see the benefits of both things. But I wouldn't say that they're one and the same, especially for conversational shows like ours. Uh, if you do more narrative based stuff where you're scripting everything out, maybe it's more similar. But even then, sound design is important. How you make the, the readers feel and the listeners feel can differentiate based off of that fact.
0: So what did the podcasting experience teach you? How did both of you guys change throughout this experience?
2: I think one of the coolest parts about starting any show, even if no one listens, is you get to look back on how you were operating at the beginning. So for Joey and I, when we took a little bit of a break, we looked back at some of our episodes, we would listen back and just kind of sat in awe of our own work. We not because it's, you know, the best thing you'll ever see, per se, but we were sitting back and saying, wow, Like, look at how different we were then. We had video. Joey has changed so much in the two years since he was a sophomore. I've changed so much in the two years since I was a senior in high school. And to see that is kind of beautiful. It's like nothing else other than maybe creating home videos. Um, and it's been really unique to just be able to hear your own voice, listen back, pop. It's, it's the most like out-of-this-world experience to pop some earphones in. And be able to listen to yourself from two years ago. Like, you can look back at your writing, but that's not your, you know, your specific voice going back to the the difference between writing and podcasting.
0: Yeah, and I bet you guys have also, like, learned a lot from your guests, too. So, are there also any key ideas or principles that have stuck with you from your conversations?
2: Yeah, 100%. I think the conversations in particular that stand out to us are the ones where... We get incredible back and forth with our guests and they're kind of already in line with where we're at uh, in terms of depolarizing issues. So one in particular really stood out to me, the conversation that we had with Clover Hogan, who is a, a wonderful activist, climate activist out in England, which is originally from, I believe, Australia. Um, and she was just so on the money with how polarization affects our psychology, how Mental health intersects with climate change. So in, in a way, in our podcast, we've been learning just like our listeners have, which I think is a, a really unique form of empathy between the listener and the, the host themselves. But aside from that, on a business front, I think I've learned way more about marketing, about how to tell a story in a cold email, how to get guests, how to just open a door uh, so you can speak to people you've never spoken to before. Um, what does it look like to go through the process of filing for an LLC in New York State, which is where we're from. All of these back-end issues that I would have never learned had I not started this, had, had we not wanted to create a media company. So there's a ton you can learn, and, and I'm sure everyone's experience differentiates. I'm sure Joey has different experiences than myself and lessons that he's learned. Uh, but it's further cemented me in the fact that polarization is something that we can tackle. It's not something beyond the pale. It's something that has been created, and if people created it, we can undo the fact. Yeah, I wouldn't
3: really add much to what he was saying, but um, just just tapping on one thing. Basically, when when we have video videos or audio recordings of stuff from two years ago, it it really is a reflection of where our mindset was during that period of time, and a lot of times. If, if you're the average Joe or you're the average person, you don't really take that time to journal or to reflect or really analyze where you are in the present moment. And to some extent, the podcast was our way of journaling of recording our thought process in 2018, 2019, 2020. And, and there's something beautiful about that. It I didn't really expect for it to be like that, but although it turned, it, it, it turned out, as a form of reflectance for us. And I think that's cool for me, especially going back and seeing, you know, 2019 130 pound Joey saying whatever he was saying. I Mm -hmm. think that's cool. Um, It's almost like video, a video series of our progress, not just in our journey of depolarizing, but also in our journey of life. So.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So do you guys have any feedback for us about this podcasting experience?
2: Great question. Um, also, I appreciate the question because, you know, most people when they hop out of an interview, they're just like, all right, great. So applaud the fact that you're trying to, to improve. Um, I think the one thing that I've realized as an interviewer is my energy determines the energy of interviewers, right? So coming into an interview, I, what I've realized for myself is that if I come into an interview and I'm doing a like a pre-interview just like you guys did, which, by the way, uh, that's a great tactic to use just to lighten people up. I really just try and front load with talking quite a bit to them just about how everything is, giving the background of everything. And I try and be as excited about it as possible. I integrate a little bit of the public speaking that I learned as a debater in high school uh, and doing student government. That has worked so well just to make people feel on the same level so the entire recording is high energy we're integrating all of the ideas that we have and communicating so i'd say that um and then hmm, let me see what else i think other than that you know it's just about what we were saying before just going through the reps practicing do it again and again clearly you had questions already prepared which i think is great because you can flow but you know sometimes going off the script is also great. Joey is a major proponent of that. I'm I'm much more scripted in the way I operate and systematized. He is really off the cuff and and just really great at throwing spontaneous questions in that break up the sometimes robotic nature of things. That's what I would add but really just applause to starting and then also to continue to put in the reps over time I'm sure this will continue to get better.
3: Adding on adding on to that um You know, I can't, I can't tell you how to make your masterpiece. The only thing which I can say is like, keep on putting in the reps. Mm -hmm. You're going to find your own unique way to become the best version of you and the best version of your podcast and create that. And so the only thing which, which us as outside podcasters can really say is keep on trying, keep on messing up, keep on having failed recordings sometimes trying to improvise sometimes, keep on trying to figure out new ways to get to a better end destination. Now, the path to doing that, that's up to you.
2: But just keep on trying. That's really it. You'll get there. And stay authentic to yourself. Like, don't, if someone messages you and says, wow, like, you guys are so robotic, which you're not at all. And never listen to people who say that. We've gotten messages like that. Uh, Or they're like, you guys are so, like, you're not how we act, you know, you operate in real life. Just be authentic to you like the more authentic you are in your interview, the better you are.
0: Yeah. I just hope it gets less awkward over time with more practice.
2: Yeah. I think the the chemistry as well. It's very hard doing interviews like uh virtually in general. Uh but just making sure, you know, you you Vasilis and Saloni you can work together and just like practice with each other to make sure you improve the chemistry. Joey and I do these drills quite a bit where we just sit next to each other and we just talk. I mean, we are brothers, so we just talk a ton. Uh, and we ha- we're in a lucky situation where we're in the same place, but there were times where we were in different locations and had to continue to do it. Um, so sometimes it'll be off. Uh, sometimes it'll be awkward in the beginning. It definitely is because you're just like trying to make sure everything works. Uh, but I think the setup you have right now is the most seamless way of doing so. When we started, we had like, you know kind of a jacked up uh audio recording interface which caused a ton of problems and then we would get frustrated and all these different things so over time it gets better 100 percent, and just communicating and making sure you both know where you're going is the best part of it all
0: thank you so much
2: of
1: course yeah thank you so much we really appreciate that i would like to thank you so much for joining us today in this episode
2: of course it would It was our our pleasure to to be here, to speak with y'all, and to to put a face to the names.
1: This is for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you soon on our next episode.
0: Bye-bye. We hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. We had such a great time. Make sure you leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at changemaker.c to keep up with all of our new content. We also have a Facebook page called Changemaker Z, but you'll need to look that one because I honestly don't even know how Facebook works.